0: April and Tony again this week um, we're well into 2024 and I can already feel the energy being more healthy and happy and higher frequency I'm already starting to feel that a little bit so I'm gonna go with it and keep trying to recreate it every day with a better energy um, Tony and I are here we're gonna talk to Veronica we're gonna, gonna talk about our pets a little bit and today I got a a question from Kathy, who um, says to me, can you remember how long you had been channeling when Veronica contacted you? And I would say, if you read the book, Match Made in Heaven, um, that I wrote about my experience with Veronica, you will know that I never channeled a thing before. Veronica came, Veronica is the one that came and got me. I was not channeling at all, nor was I planning on it. um, Before before I did this, if you read the book, you'll know that I had friends who were into the channeling thing. I had gone through a bad breakup and I was just hanging out with friends. And she contacted me, she came through without my knowledge. Um, I was in a safe place. I was with my friends and they were channeling and stuff. But that's when Veronica came through. She contacted me. I never went looking for channeling, never was going to do channeling. I knew it existed because I had some friends that were involved in it. But I certainly did not want to be a channel. I was not aspiring to that at all. So, Kathy, no. She didn't contact me until... I was sitting there in the night when they were having a channeling session, and she just showed up. And I never channeled a bit before that. But since the 30-some years that that's happened, I've channeled a lot of different energies. Um, but Veronica is always the mainstay. She's always the one that you know keeps me solid. And I work with her exclusively on all of the uh, telephone things
1: and my readings and
0: my sessions and things like that. So, Kathy? came after me. Uh, <laughs> and, I would, and if she hadn't, I never would have gone into challenge. Never. And without the support of Alan, who was very supportive through all this, um, I don't think I could have done it. I don't think I would have had the focus or the wherewithal, because all of us have busy lives. And I think, how am I going to bring in another energy? I don't want to do that. But Veronica did it for me. So it's been a wonderful, wonderful exchange. And that's why I wrote about it um, in a book called Match Made in Heaven. So if you're an aspiring channel, you might want to get that book and take a read at it so you can see what I went through and how it all unfolded. So, Tony, are you here? Yes,
1: darling. How How are are you? How are
0: your babies? How are your babies?
1: Oh, Dookie went in for his grooming appointment this week. As you remember, Alex went last week. Uh, Juki took longer to come out of the sedation, which always worries me. But he's doing great. He's fine. Um, both of them now have had haircuts and hygiene and nails trimmed. And uh, I bought them all sweaters because, you know, it's cold here. Get it? As in real cold, right? <laughs> Well, you have to tell the audience at the beginning of this show. You said, oh, my God, I'm freezing my butt off. It's 32 <laughs> degrees.
0: Yeah, so I'm not probably 32 below where
1: you're at. No, it's not 32 below, but 32 is warm. Except for you. <laughs> yeah, to tell for that you, to my
0: tortoises who are freezing their little shells off.
1: Except for you little West Coast babies. Oh, my, my. My, my. But we're all all fine here. We're all doing good. Oh, good. Well, I have
0: one little thing to report about my feral wannabe here, um, Mr. Blondie. He continues to integrate. He continues to make friends. He even had an argument the other day with one of the cats. But he was very much the gentleman about it. He hissed a little bit, and, of course, it was one of the little girls. It was little um, Susie, and she's part of the kitten brigade. And apparently he ate something that she was saving or something like that. And she got a little aggressive with him. She, you know, put a little paw up like a cartoon character and, you know, a little punch him in the nose. And she bopped him right on his snout. And I went, oh, boy, here we go. And he hissed back at her and gave her this really ugly look, but he did not go after her. He did not. And and he's a little bit bigger than her, so he could have done some damage, but he didn't. He was a gentleman. He just walked away from her and hissed at her and, you know, gave her a really disgusting look. And that was that. So I was very pleased that there was no fighting. Uh, Because he's a feral cat. And he, you know, he's been outside for... obviously for a bit of time at least a year or two he was outside and it's a very dangerous environment here so he had to be you know aggressive I'm certain but he's not aggressive with anybody in the house he still hates my guts and I think he'll always hate humans a little bit there's something that's gone on with him that he doesn't like humans he doesn't want to be touched they keep your six feet distance <laughs> I don't like he's, you know Dealing with the pandemic, and I can stay six feet away from me and do not breathe on me, kind of thing. And but he's coming around and he doesn't need to be my friend. I'm repeating myself, but he doesn't need to be my friend. He just needs to be comfortable in the environment that I'm providing and eat and get along with everybody. And he's doing that. So I'm very blessed to see him turn into a real live cat. <laughs> he's having a lot of fun. And he's a gentleman. Um, only thing he doesn't like is me very much. And that's okay. I don't care. As long as he's happy, adjusted, and living, you know, the good life. Not not a life with hiding under a basket somewhere. Or outside trying to stay away from, you know, the predators that are coming to eat him for dinner. And that would happen up here in the hills. Um, I've seen many a cat come and go, barrel that I tried to coax him, that just wouldn't come in and... You know, not too long after, they disappear. So I'm thrilled. I'm looking at this as a success. And I want him to have the best life he could possibly live in the conditions that he has found himself in. And I think he's doing that. He looks still looks at me funny, but that's okay. So, Tony, I think I'm going to go get Veronica.
1: All right. And um, I will talk to our audience. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Um, got some good questions. And, um, you know, write in, don't be shy, and write into innerwhispersradio.com. And that's I N N E R, whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica?
0: Mm, yes, we are. Good day to all of you.
1: Well, good day to you. Our first question is coming from Kathy H. I know several families where children restrain themselves from their parents due to conflict. The parents experience great heartache because the adult children is not willing to re-engage and work through the conflict. How will this type of situation be addressed when both parties cross over?
0: Conflicts between incarnates are things that do need to be resolved. And if there's a a lot of conflict going on, that energy will be carried into the afterlife and sometimes carried on into another life to work it out. We think that... um, when you cross over, you suddenly have a bigger vision of reality that you don't have while you're in linear reality, because it's very focused, condensed, and solid. When you get to the other side, you see all of the experiences you've had. You remember all of them. And you may have other had other times with those children that led to the, being the way it is now, or that they were not able to resolve things in the linear life. It's not that big of a deal when you get on the other side and there's thousands of other experiences you've had with these same individual energies. You're able to look at it a little bit more stoically and say, well, there was some good things. Because let's say if you're really focused on a linear conflict, you get involved in it, especially when you're in physical reality. And it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and the energy gets out of control sometimes. And it sounds like that's what's happened in this family that you are mentioning rather generally. It's impossible to resolve some really deep conflict in the linear when you're really focused on it. And there may be things that come up that are unresolvable. But when you have a broader viewpoint on the other side, you may not feel the way you did in the linear right now so we do think that going to the other side and talking to these energies and trust us there are so guides and angelics and things that are there to sort of support you so it's like having a huge counseling session with a great big viewpoint of reality that you didn't have while in the linear so we think it's safe to say that Conflicts in linear can and will be resolved whether it's on the other side or if you decide to come back into the reality and do it all over again to see if you can make a difference. But on the other side, you're much wiser. You're much more experienced. And you know about the experience and you know about being wiser. While you're in the linear, you get so focused and so caught up in the nonsense that it's impossible to resolve things. But we will say, on the other side, it's a much easier project than sometimes what it is in the physical linear that you're in, because it's so focused, so dense, and so disruptive. But we do think it can be resolved on the other side. Or if you decide you want to do it in the, you know, dense, thick linear, you can do that too and and come into another reality where you participate together in the linear.
1: All right, our next question is coming from Martha. How can I help a person who lives from a place of fear in this life?
0: Ooh, that's a tough one. Fear has a consciousness that if you allow it to engage you, will take over all of your thoughts, all of your actions, and all of your dreams and desires. When you feel fear coming in, it's important to it down, because a lot of times it gets built up and expanded in your consciousness much worse than it actually really is. To help a person who is living in fear is a little bit tricky. But we say the best way to help them is to lead by example. When you are faced with something fearful and you deal with it, you look at it, and you, you know, resolve the energy of it, Those that you would wish to help would see that, especially if they're close to you. They're going to see you resolving conflict. And you can support them also by deciding not to judge them for being fearful. Deciding to say, okay, you're fear-based. I'm not going to judge that, and I'm not going to tear you down over that. I'm going to instead lift you up and try to help you through that, through example and through making you aware of the conscious moments available to you. It's not easy helping someone in fear, but leading by example is probably your best bet.
1: All right, our next question is coming from Valerie. Are we all, are we all channels when we incarnate on earth?
0: Yes, in a lot of ways your energy, your consciousness, decides to move into a physical, biological body that has been created in another physical place. So, yes, you are all channels, but I think thousands and thousands of years ago, bringing in energies through you in a channeling kind of way was more commonplace. It's only through religion, certain religions, um, that they decided that, oh, we don't want the population talking to God or an energy or an angelic because they might not have the same dialogue that we are trying to propagate here, you know, the control thing we're trying to do here. So a lot of religions have poo pooed it or made it an evil thing. Um, A lot of your entertainment, you know, has about people being possessed by spirits. Sometimes it can be an adequate, accurate assessment, but 95% of the time, energy coming through you is coming through in a loving way. And if you have mental issues besides that, then sometimes it can come in a little bit negative, but it is a natural event. You all do it every single day. You're bringing your energy through that biological body to have have a participation. And the energy has had a lot of physical bodies that it's participated in. So, yes, you're all channeled. And, yes, it should be more commonplace. And, yes, it is a beautiful thing, not a negative thing. It's not, you know, the devil coming through kind of thing. There's a lot of energy out there that just wishes to participate and give you help. And we think if all of you took a really good look at your life, you would know that spirit has some ability to help you through the thick, dense molasses that you're all trying to tromp through. It's difficult. So bringing energy through is a commonplace thing. It's been changed in your physical reality to be a little bit more scary, but it's not. Bringing energy through is a beautiful thing. And sometimes even if it's negative, it's usually an energy that wants to help. So look at it as an opportunity. Don't look at it as sort of a messy thing that you want to avoid. Because we do think it is beautiful.
1: All right, our next question, Jacqueline writes in, Is meditation necessary to find peace while incarnated?"
0: Well, we would say yes. Um, now, it doesn't have to be standard meditation where you sit cross legged and, you know, om through the whole thing. But taking time to separate from the obnoxious, physical, dense energy that you're all participating in and meditate and get your thoughts, you know, clear your thoughts is a very important thing to do. Is it necessary? Absolutely necessary? No but it sure does make things a lot easier to move through. So we say take time every day to sit and just be quiet. You don't have to do the traditional stuff. If getting quiet means you take a walk or getting quiet means you take a nap or whatever that quiet moment created for you requires, you should do it. Meditation is something that helps you clear your head of the riffraff. And all of you know clearly. That sometimes in linear reality, there's a thick crowd of roof rats that you've got to work through every day. And a meditative moment helps you back up from that. And say, you know what? I was looking at it this way, but this is the way it really is because I'm, I've cleared the deck. I've cleared the energy. So we would highly advocate meditation while incarnate. And we think the majority of you would, too. Now, some people call it prayer. Some, some religions call it like a chanting. Whatever it is, participate in it to clear your head. You're all you know, on the advanced level of a participation here that's very difficult to get through. You need all the help you can get. So if you're not meditating, decide to start a practice of it or something close to it so that you can maneuver through this linear reality a bit better.
1: All right, Veronica, that was our last question. If you'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world, that would be great. All right. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. And, um, you know, write in. I always encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And if there's a question that was, talked about today, and you have more questions on it, let us know, and we'll try to get your question on the air as soon as we can. Are you there, Veronica?
0: Yes, we are. So we thought today that it would be important to tell you all how important it is to express yourself soulfully while you're living your life. It's easy to get caught up in all the dramatics, the emotions, the thoughts while in the linear and forget why you're here. You're here to have your soul express itself in a denser way so that you can learn the lessons and participate fully. If you're not expressing your soul while incarnate, why did you come in? Um, It's important to do so. So while you are participating, decide that you're going to do it soulfully. And that means you need to have conversation soulfully with yourself to know what it is that you want to do on this planet, to know how you need to participate, how you need to interact. you got to think about these things. We would advise not just tromping through the life, going from one drama to the next. And all of you know someone who's doing that. (laughs) They go from one drama to the next. It's important to stop sometimes and say, who am I? And what am I bringing to the table here? Am I just, you know, an extra in a movie? No. I'm the main player in my own movie. And I need to participate as fully as I possibly can with my soul. Not my linear ego needs or desires, but what my soul wants to do. So we would say, take the time, my dear friends you got a lot of it on this planet Earth. Decide that you're going to cut away some of the drama and have a conversation with your higher self and your guides and your angelics who care so much for you. Decide that you're going to do that. It will help you and it will make participating in this life more fulfilling and satisfying and make you feel better in your heart of hearts because you're participating on that soul level which is like the root of who you are. So decide that you're going to start doing that. See what happens. You might like
1: it. Well, thank you, Veronica. That was a great message. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. Um, We'll be back with you next week with more questions. And until then, have a good weekend. Bye-bye.